Today we start a new book of the Bible. Pray going verse by verse. And of course, having in, intended uh, to kick things off uh, last week, I came uh, to a point of decision a couple of weeks ago, and uh, I had been going for the last several months back and forth between two books of the Bible, and uh, you know, looking at both and and exploring and meditating, and uh, when all was said and done, uh, I, I really sensed uh, in my heart uh, the first part of the previous week that it would be neither of those two books. But uh, the Lord directed me, I, I trust, to the book uh, we will open today, and we will begin our study and our exposition of 1 Corinthians. So please take out your Bible and, go, and uh, open to 1 Corinthians chapter 1. 1 Corinthians chapter 1. May God again bless His inerrant and His infallible Word. Paul called to be an apostle of Jesus Christ through the will of God and Sosthenes our brother to the church of God which is at Corinth, to those who are sanctified in Christ Jesus, called to be saints, with all who in every place call on the name of Jesus Christ our Lord, both theirs and ours. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I thank my God always concerning you for the grace of God which was given to you by Christ Jesus, that you were enriched in everything by Him in all utterance and all knowledge even as the testimony of Christ was confirmed in you, so that you come short in no gift, eagerly waiting for the revelation of our Lord Jesus Christ, who will, who will also confirm you to the end, that you may be blameless in the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. God is faithful, by whom you were called into the fellowship of His Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. <coughs> Thank you, Lord, for your word. Paul called to be an apostle of Jesus Christ. We, of course, spent several months looking at the book of Philippians during the last year. This year and even some into the last year. And we gave a rather lengthy introduction to the apostle Paul. I will not repeat all of that information today. But just to remind us, that if you ever thought anyone was beyond the reach of God's saving hand, you need to look at Saul of Tarsus, who became the Apostle Paul. When we think of the depth of depravity to the point of being responsible for the murder of Christ followers, you find that example in none other than the Apostle Paul. When we think of someone who in our limited opinion, which, was, which is wrong, that they, because they are in essence a murderer, should never deserve God's grace, we should look at the Apostle Paul. He didn't deserve God's grace. But let me tell you this, I didn't deserve God's grace either. You did not deserve God's grace. <coughs> I'm thankful for the grace of God. I'm thankful again for the call of God. I'm thankful for the day that, that I became aware of my sinful condition 
and put my faith and trust in Christ alone for my salvation. I'm thankful for the example and the illustration in Scripture of Saul of Tarsus, who on that Damascus road met the one again that he had tried to persecute the followers of. When he met the one, the living Christ, that that he had hated up to that point, When in repentance and submission, he put his faith in Jesus Christ and he was forever changed. And let me tell you this, if a God can save someone like, if our God can save someone like Saul of Tarsus, he can save those people on our prayer list as well. He can save those that we say we never believe there's any hope. He can save them. He's still in the business of changing lives. He's in that business. Saul of Tarsus to one of the greatest leaders of the early church, in essence, the apostle to the Gentiles, a man who would declare that he was chief among sinners, but a man as well that would say that I may know him, the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of His sufferings, that I may know Him. He longed always throughout His life and ministry for a deeper walk with Jesus Christ. The one that He had once persecuted, He now serves, and we see this in 1 Corinthians. He gives glory to the name of Jesus, the name which is above every name. Aren't you thankful that God reached down to where we were at when we had no hope? We had no future. We were eternally separated from the loving God and He reached us with His saving touch. He is called to salvation. And I have been, and I pray well, that can be the testimony of, I hope ultimately for everyone that's here today, we are forever changed as a result. I'm thankful for the life and ministry of the Apostle Paul. Paul called to be an apostle of Jesus Christ. The issue of the call. Man didn't call Paul. In fact, initially, remember, uh, Paul sort of had to go on the backside of, uh, uh, of the desert, so to speak, to get his theology right. Remember, he spent that, t- that time away, that, that time of, lo- of learning and growing and developing. And, and initially, and I'm sure for many years, uh, many of the, of the Christians, some of whom he had persecuted, really probably had a question in their mind. Is this for real? Is this for real? But, but, they, but they would soon see, yes, this was for real. He was a changed individual, a changed man. But God put a call on him. And even though he was a sinner like us, let me tell you this, he was faithful to the end. Faithful in such a way that, again, we can be reminded of 2 Timothy chapter 4 where he would say, I have fought a good fight. I have finished the course. I have kept the faith. I fought a good fight. I have finished the course. I have kept the faith. Therefore, there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness, 
which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give to me on that day, and not to me only, but all who have longed for His appearing. You long for His appearing? Now I pray that God will give us, all of us here, length of days. But I pray whenever that time comes, we can declare like Paul did, I fought a good fight, I finished the course, I've kept the faith. Amen? Amen. Called of God. Not because of the culture. Not because he would enjoy the ministry. Not because he didn't have anything better to do. Because remember, the Apostle Paul in the Jewish religious system, he appeared to be on the track to the top, so to speak. No, he was called because God got a hold of his heart. And God changed him. And God gave him again a direction that the gospel would be shared ultimately to the nations called of God. When I think about the call, I think about the ministry of the Holy Spirit working in an unbeliever's heart and life. I don't know about you. Think back to when you first gave your heart and life to Jesus Christ. Think back to that. Think back to that time. And if you're sitting here right now listening and you can't, let me tell you this, today can be your day of salvation. It could happen today. But I know God was working on me. He was working on my heart. Yeah, I was younger like some of the young folks we have here today, but let me tell you this, I knew I was a sinner and I had no hope. I needed Jesus. I believed He was the Son of God. I believed He was the Word became flesh, God in human flesh. I believed there was no hope other than Jesus Christ. And at that young age, I gave my heart and my life to Jesus. I sensed the call to salvation. The Holy Spirit calling, the Holy Spirit drawing. And as I have shared several times here, in fact, Betty asked me this question during the sort of a, it was a unique football game at Campbell yesterday. Sort of what you call a blowout. Campbell was on the good side this time as far as the winning side. So, I mean, we, we were not always in tune with the game probably because of that. I mean, the score was really high. But Betty asked me the question yesterday during that game, What is it like to be back? She said Campbell, but it's this area as well. What is it like to be back? What is it like? Did you ever think this would happen? And of course I had to answer no. Never would have ever have thought it would happen. But I remember the fall of 1981. 
I remember down toward the end of September. And I went on a Christian retreat with a group of Campbell students. We went up to the mountains of North Carolina. I went that weekend as a second-year law student planning on practicing law my entire life. And I came down from that. <laughs> this doesn't have to happen on a mountaintop, okay? I'm not, I'm not Moses or anything else, okay? So it doesn't have to, you're not either. It doesn't have to happen on a mountaintop. But I came away from that weekend, and I knew beyond a shadow of a doubt that I would not spend my life practicing law that I would spend my life sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ. And you can do that in any profession, I understand. We realize that. But I experienced that weekend a call that was distinct, a call that was clear, and a call, quite frankly, I knew I could not back away from. My life was forever changed. It was forever changed. You might say, Pastor, God hasn't called me to, quote, be a minister, to be a worship pastor, to be a youth pastor, to be a pastor to women or whoever else. God has not called me to be that, but let me tell you this. If you're a believer here today, God has a call on your life. He has a call on your life. And that call is to love Him. As we say in this church, to love God, to love others, and to make disciples, that is the call that He has on your life. And as Paul would live out God's call, the question to you this morning and the question that comes back to me is this. Are you living out God's call in your life right now? Right now. Is God's call what drives you in your life right now? I pray it is. I pray it's the driving force in your life. Paul called to be an apostle of Jesus Christ. An apostle. I've got to spend a little bit of time on this. Because names have meanings and titles have meanings and can well have consequences. And we see this word sometimes on church signs driving around. This is Apostle so-and-so. Or, or, or you, may, you may read something online or whatever else. Uh, you know, this information has been brought to you by the Apostle blank, fill in the name. And many of those people may be well-intentioned in doing that. Let me say this. The Apostle was one who was sent. One who was sent. And in essence, all of us are sent. Some people say, well, this may refer to church planters today or missionaries. Well, I would just prefer to call them church planters or missionaries would be my preference. For you see, the scripture, if we had time to go back to Acts chapter 1, we would see that there are special requirements to be an apostle, including something very significant. That they were a witness to the resurrection of Jesus Christ. 
Yes, yes, they were aware of his teachings, but yes, they were a witness to the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And you might say, Pastor, what about the Apostle Paul? He, 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 he received Jesus after the death, the burial, the resurrection, the ascension of Jesus. Well, let me tell you this, he met Jesus on that road to Damascus. He witnessed the resurrected Lord. And so he could correctly refer to himself biblically and theologically as an apostle <coughs> because he most certainly was. Called to be an apostle of Jesus Christ through the will of God. The will of God. I'm thankful for God's will and God's plan and God's purpose and God has a will and a plan for each of us here today. May in His grace may we fulfill that calling and His will. So Paul called to be an apostle of Jesus Christ through the will of God and Sosthenes, our brother. Our brother. In other words, he's a brother in Christ. We don't know 100% for sure who this person is. And in all likelihood, he probably became Paul's secretary. Many uh, biblical scholars and theologians believe that. But uh, if we had time, we could go to Acts chapter 18, and he may well have been that synagogue leader in Acts chapter 18. And this particular man on one occasion, again, particularly there in Acts 18, was beaten for bringing Paul before the civil courts at Corinth. And let me say this, if it's the same one, he got radically saved as well. but he's a brother in Christ, a sister in Christ. I was with a group of fellow believers during this past week who actually are not members of this church, but may well be connected one way or another to the church, but yet they live many miles away. And they shared something which I have seen in my life and I know many of you have seen as well. And they talked about an upcoming convention they would be attending, I suppose, during the remainder of this week or next week. And they look forward to attending this particular convention every year. And they said because of the business they are in, again, this has been a pattern of many, many years of, of uh, attending this particular convention, but what has happened over the course of years, there have been several couples that sort of have gravitated to, to one another and become very strong friends. And at the heart of their friendship is their relationship with Jesus Christ. They live many states apart. But somehow during the course of interaction and developing human relationships, they found out this couple or this brother or this sister in Christ, they may live many miles away, and yes, we may have a, a similar business interest, but we have more than a similar business interest. Our interest is in Jesus Christ. Our faith is in Christ. And so when they come together for business, it's more than coming together for business. They come together to fellowship the goodness of God, His mercy, His love, and His salvation. That encouraged me last week to hear that testimony. Brothers and sisters in Christ. 
Verse 2 goes on to the church of God, which is at Corinth. To those who are sanctified in Christ Jesus, called to be saints, with all who in every place call on the name of our Jesus Christ our Lord, both theirs and ours, to the church of God. There's a great hymn that I love. The church is one foundation. The church's one foundation is Jesus Christ our Lord. Nothing else. He's the foundation. To the church of God, which is at Corinth. Today the word of God goes to the church of God, which is at Pleasant Union. We are the church of God here today. His called out believers, His ecclesia here today, assembled together to honor, to worship, to glorify Him, to praise His name, to look at His word for us. We are His church gathered together to do His ministry. Aren't you thankful that you're in a, in a church, the church, now, it's not this building. It's not these fine facilities. But it is the assembly of fellow believers and sisters, again, brothers and sisters, that He has brought together that, quite frankly, will transcend time and eternity. For you see, if our faith is in Christ, our relationship does not end at this life, Okay? I want you to look around just for a moment. Look around. Some of you over there will look to one side or the other. Whether you realize this or not, and I pray it'd be everyone, but many of us are going to be sharing billions and zillions in a phone. We can't even comprehend the number of years together. Realize that? You realize that? Forever and forever? Wow. We need to get along real good right now, don't we? We're going to be spending all that time together. <laughs> and the book in First uh, Corinthians, we'll deal with a lot of those kinds of issues, okay? We're, we're, we're going to be spending so much time together. We need to get used to it now and learn, learn how to work together, right? All right? Love each other as we need to in Christ. The church of God. Let me say this. The church of God is alive and well. Because we have a leader who cannot and has not and will never be defeated. Jesus Christ, King of kings and Lord of lords. I'm thankful I can be part of His church, aren't you? And I'm thankful in this life I can minister and serve with other believers who have that same common bond. To the church of God, which is at Corinth, to those who are sanctified in Christ Jesus. Basically, the issue of sanctification is a setting apart. Yes, positionally, we, we know that uh, in Christ, all of our sins, past, present, and future, have already been forgiven. But as we live this life, 
there's growth that needs to take place. We have not arrived. How many of us have confessed? You don't need to raise your hand on this. How many of us have confessed sin in the last day? I trust and hope it's most of us because we in all likelihood have all sinned in the last day. Maybe this morning, maybe in the last hour, only God knows that. Yeah. Sanctification is progressive. There's a progressive aspect to it. That's why, again, as the Apostle Paul would say, that I may know Him. The Scripture would say in Ephesians 5, 1, to be imitators of God as dearly beloved children. We are to become more like our Heavenly Father, our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and the precious Holy Spirit. We're to become more Christ-like. Day by day, hour by hour, minute by minute, it never stops. It never stops. There will always be challenges, but there will always in Christ be opportunities to grow in our relationship with Him. There will always be times that, that we, can, we can learn more about God. You will never, I will never completely understand God, okay? But I'm thankful for His revelation through His Word. I'm thankful for what He's done in my life. I'm thankful for what He's done in your lives. I'm thankful for the testimonies again of how God has worked and moved. He's a great, mighty, and an awesome God. It's His church. We are His believers. And He calls us to grow deeper in Him. Sanctified in Christ Jesus, there is a final stage, and I've somewhat alluded to it already, of sanctification. It's known as glorification. That time when we'll see Him face to face. See Him face to face. Are you ready for that meeting? For the church of God, which is at Corinth, to those who are sanctified in Christ Jesus, called to be saints, with all who in every place call on the name of our the name of Jesus Christ our Lord, both theirs and ours. We're in such a group today. We're in the every place today. The every place that calls on the name of Jesus Christ our Lord. We're here today. I'm thankful for the church of Corinth that, where that was happening and taking place. But folks, it's happened here today. No, we're not a perfect people, but we serve a perfect God. We serve a perfect God. What a shame to be here today and not have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. If you would not have a relationship with Him and you know that in your heart, let me tell you this. I pray the Holy Spirit's working on your heart right now. I pray that you're sensing a need within to give your heart and your life over to Jesus. I'll be more than happy to pray with you today. Come to Jesus while there's still time today. Come to Him. Come to Him.
sanctification process is not easy, is it? Let me say this. We could be challenged with issues of Christian growth and personal growth, spiritually speaking, related to sanctification before we leave this facility today. Most certainly it will occur sometime in our life today. We're going to be challenged with issues, with thoughts, maybe with patterns or with habits that shouldn't be there. We're going to be challenged one way or another. We're going to be challenged. And I'm thankful we serve one who's won the victory. He won the victory in Paul's life. He's won the victory in my life. I pray he's won the victory in your life as well. Let's give him honor and praise and glory. The invitation's open for anyone who does not know Jesus as Lord and Savior. Come to him today while there's time, while there's still hope.